you're listening to The She-Wolf Show. We all have a little she-wolf inside of us, so howl it out, ladies and gents. This is a real and refreshing podcast. We're talking shop. We're getting real. We're telling the truth. And we're interviewing some really amazing people. Stay tuned. You are in for a real treat. We have the Jen Brown, the engaging educator, and what were you just referred to? The fearless lady? The fearless, fearless? lady. Yeah. <laughs> fearless Jen, I think. Jen. <laughs> awesome. Which is a good thing. That means like people are recognizing your company and your brand. It's kind of crazy how many people are like, oh, you're the fearless girl. And I'm like, yes. <laughs> like, I mean, I, it's like a whole group of women, but mm-hmm. like, yeah, mm-hmm. well, yeah, I'm mm-hmm. the... I'm the mm-hmm. The alpha, I guess, right? Mm, the <laughs> steward, the person that sweeps. Cool. Uh, yeah, yeah. The person that does the calendar. Yeah, I'm there. I clean the toilet. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. Basically, basically. <laughs> All the things. Awesome. So thanks for hanging out with us. Super cool to be here. I'm actually really excited. Awesome. I've done a lot of podcasts, and I've never actually gotten a chance to talk to a really, like, a friend that oh, I've had cool. lunch with and stuff. So it's yes. good to actually be around that. I know. You know, I guess the challenge for me with that is always, like, things that I know already about you. It's, like, how to communicate that so that all the pieces, like, all the puzzle pieces work. You I know? will try to surprise even you yes. today. Yes. <laughs> I love it. Well, tell us a little bit about your New York to North Carolina journey. Because these are some different cultures, y'all. Girl, I like how you threw in the y'all at the end just to, like, make the point a little yeah. bit. We're uh, in the South. Uh, yeah, it doesn't feel like my thoughts of the South, right. actually. Like, when I was in New York and when I was thinking about moving, I was literally looking for anywhere to go. I was running my business for a couple of years. It was the engaging educator. Or it is, I should say, because it still exists. And we help companies communicate better. So when we were looking for a new place to go, or or me specifically, I was like, how am I going to run my business remotely? But every time I went on a business trip, I was like, okay, I'm going to look at this place like possible home. And nothing fit. Like California, love it. Not my thing. San Diego, it's like Legoland. It's too clean and too pretty. (laughs) Like there's something about it that I can't. Denver, I'm like, oh, it still snows here. And when I went to Winston, it was like, this might be it because it's slow enough in the sense of having that, like, okay, I can breathe and sleep, but at the same time, there's enough potential to get things done. Right. Can I swear on this? I just realized. Yes. Okay, good. I was like, you can get shit done here. Yeah. Yeah. And you don't have to think about, like, oh, so-and-so's doing it. Oh, so-and-so's doing it because – you can just do it and you're making that better car as opposed to like reinventing the wheel constantly in New York. Yeah. Well, and and to clarify for those of you that don't know, so we are in an area called the Triad Mm -hmm. and it's High Point, Greensboro, and Winston-Salem. The weird part about that is that the cities. It's getting better, but they're all they all operate really separately. They are so separate. While they're all really close. Like like a New York minute, right? Like to hop in the car mm-hmm. to drive anywhere in New York. Like high point from here is like fifteen minutes and people mm-hmm. are like, Oh, I can't go to high point. You're like, Okay. Yeah, and there's like no traffic. It's just not a thing. But they all kinda have their own culture. Like mm-hmm. High Point is really known for furniture, Winston Salem. Is it tobacco? I think that they were tobacco, and now it's like, oh, it's an innovation. But there's a lot of issues with that. Oh, interesting. Okay. And Greensboro, what are we known for? Brody, what is Greensboro known for? Uh, The Gate City. The Gate City? Yeah. Yeah. Right. (laughs) Oh, yeah, that's right. We're the Gate City. I guess I should know this. But, and thanks, Brody. I always, like, try to get Brody to chime in, and he actually did. (laughs) 
Brody is our producer. <laughs> Thank God for him. <laughs> I always like when Brody and Robert are over there, I'm like, what do you guys think? And they're like, I, we're not on your podcast. Stop asking us questions. <laughs> we're just here to edit. Um, but yeah, so that's the triad. But Winston is a really cool vibe. And the structure of the city, I think they've done really wise things in terms of like residential and commercial mm-hmm. and new and renovated like live work play type areas mm-hmm. and so it is really really cool and fearless your newer company which mm-hmm. I, I want you to talk about is like in the heart of that we are it's funny because when i was looking for a space for fearless i drove around downtown i'm like meh Okay, I can't. And then I drove more in the West End area, and I was like, ooh, this feels like Brooklyn. Like, it's very – It does, doesn't yeah. it? It's like this old, new vibe. Yeah. This, like, let's save the historic buildings. Let's add this new fancy apartment thing across the street. And I saw a for rent sign on a second level, and I'm thinking, no one's going to want this because what storefront can go on a second level? What is going to not want street access? I mean, I have a door, but it's this big hulking door that now has blue and a white lightning bolt on it. It's like a signature. Why not? signature door. It's a clubhouse. And in that sense of where it's located, like, it has that feeling of this is – I hate the words up and coming a little bit, but I Mm. almost went there with it. Yeah. a lot of stuff is happening, and a lot it's of a perfect people, timing. Exactly, yeah. people are trying to do something as opposed to just being like, "Oh, well, we're downtown. We go to work, and then we go home, and everything shuts down," mm-hmm. which is really nice. But yeah. the the location for Fearless, because there are so many like young business owners right in that same area, and a lot of women owned businesses across the street is Humblebee, up the block is West End Coffee House, down the way is Urban Girl, and they're all oh my god. I have so – all of our keychains are from Urban Girls. So, like, one of them says, like, classy as fuck. Yeah. And people look at them and they don't realize it. And then they're, like, <laughs> locking the door at night. And they're, like, this is the greatest keychain. Can I keep this? So like, you can buy one. You can buy one from support small business. Hello. Yeah. And that sense of, like, we're all both hungry and willing to collaborate. Yeah. Which is really nice. Yeah. There is a really cool collaboration vibe, which I feel like kind of is a perfect segue. So – you're traveling, you're looking for kind of a home mm-hmm. to work remotely for mm-hmm. the engaging educator, mm-hmm. which I'm always jealous of your communication skills. I feel like I need help with that. But Fearless, when did that come into into mind? Was it after you moved to Winston-Salem? Yeah. I mean, so it, it, it ties in so much to my other company. Like, we went women-centric in 2016. We were like, all right, we're going to help girls. We're going to help women. That's what it looks like. And in New York, we always taught at a place called the Brooklyn Brainery, which is classes about anything and everything. So from the history of gnomes all the way to we teach public speaking skills for the past almost seven years. I know, right? (laughs) Like, where can you learn about both? The Brooklyn Brainery. And I realized that there wasn't a place Like, I'm not a drinker. I used to drink a lot. I stopped drinking about three and a half years ago. It's really hard to meet people. There wasn't a place for that. There were so many cool people in town that I was meeting. And And it's like, let's go get a – let's go grab a drink. Well, also, like, no one is – there wasn't enough – opportunity to do the cool things that people wanted to do. Right. And I rented space at a co-working. It was very tech-focused. A lot of co-working spaces are, right? And the face that she just made, I wish y'all could see this because it was amazing in, in the best way. It, you know if you've been in a to- co-working space, and they're amazing for some people, and some people it just doesn't work. Well, the be- vibe has to be on. Exactly. It, it has to be collaborative or it doesn't work. Exactly. So... 
I knew that I wanted a space where people could come together, make friends, lift each other up, do all of these amazing things. And I was ruminating on it with a couple of friends of mine. And I did a job for the Center for Creative Leadership. They cut me a huge check because they bought a bunch of my curriculum for EE. And I was like, all right, I can be super responsible with this and like pay off my bills. Or I, I'm not responsible, <laughs> clearly, because I'm sitting here. and Or I could open, like, a clubhouse. I could open this thing that I wanted to do that I've been thinking about. I'm like, why don't we have this? Why don't we have this? And I could do the things that I've wanted to do. I always call it making my own sandbox instead of waiting for my turn yeah. in someone's sandbox. Yeah, I love that. We say a lot, like, we're creating our own table. Exactly. Like, we don't need to see it at yours. You can come sit at ours if you're, like, down exactly. to, like, support what we're doing. But, exactly. Yeah. So... I found the place. I knew I could float it for six months. And I'm like, I can do this. I can renovate it and I can float bills for six months without any income. And if it fails, it fails. But but honestly, like if you think about that from a like, yeah, you got the bills, whatever. Mm-hmm. But if you think about that from a business perspective, what a sweet spot to be in mm-hmm. where you have the capital to do it the way you want to do mm-hmm. it. And that was, I consider myself so lucky the way, I know it's hard work. It's a lot, it's alignment for a lot of things. So finding that right moment where I got the space I wanted, I I had to call the city and like explain what we were doing because of zoning. Did they get it? No, (laughs) not at all. And it literally says on like my contract, right? It says a women's social club that holds classes. That's what it says. Um, yes. <laughs> and I'm like, sure, fine. As long Part as, of it. As long yeah. as we understood each other, yeah. mostly. Yeah. And to have that kind of freedom to just make this happen. And because I have another company, I'm not worried about making money with Fearless. Like, Fearless doesn't make me money. Any money we make goes back into the space. Mm. So when people say, like, oh, it's Jen, Fearless Jen, I'm like, uh, it's really all the women that are doing the cool stuff. Like, I really do sweep the floors. Yeah. I really do load the calendar. Oh, I can, I can attest to that. I, when you opened, you were on your hands and knees scrubbing the floor. <laughs> I was. And I was literally, like, going to call. This is, like, super first world problem. I was like, I'm going to call my people to come help you with this. And the lovely ladies that, like, make sure my marriage stays intact by cleaning my house. <laughs> I'm going to send them here. And for me, because I do so much work remotely with EE, like, I'm writing contracts, I'm yeah. communicating, I'm writing curriculum. The physical stuff was so nice. Like, it was yeah. making me do something. Yeah. And now it's, like, the, the space is fully sustainable by the members. Like, we're making money. We opened May 30th last year, and we have in the Facebook group like 3,200 women. That's we awesome. have 206 paying members, and we make rent, we make bills, and then we have leftover that like last month we bought a projector and a screen so we can have movie nights. Nice. Now we're I working love that. on. I know. I'm like tonight we're showing a film, and I'm like, ah, I'm so excited. Yes. It's like a hundred inch screen, and it's it's so nice because it's so fun. It's a community, and yeah. I think so often like. My my mentality for Fearless and EE are so different because EE is like my bills. Like right. I pay my bills. Right. I have to eat. Yeah. We all have to eat. Fearless, I'm like, eh. It kind of feels like the piece of you that wants to do something different. It does. It like feels like the – I think everything you do has like a major purpose. Mm-hmm. But it's almost like this is something I've dreamed about. It's something and for I can me. Do it. Yeah. yeah, it's something for me too. It's like yeah. I was just working You're there creating this the morning. space you wanted. Right. Yeah. And I watered the plants this morning and I returned some emails and then I came here. Yeah. And it was like, all right, bye guys. Like yeah. it was really nice to like leave and to trust the people that are there because yeah. I do because everyone has a stake in it. Mm. Like everyone cares about it. It isn't like Jen's space or Jen's money. It's like the members 
give money every month yeah. for this to stay open. So they want it to look nice. They want it to be taken care of because right. we deserve nice things. We do. This is why we can have nice things. This is. Yes. And so many people in the beginning were like, I do collaborators in the beginning. I love collaboration. Like, I am all down for it. And you got to find the right fit, though. Totally. Because I was very like, I want this to be nice. I want it to be a place that people feel like an escape. They're getting away from things. It's on the second floor. And it was like, oh, just get secondhand furniture. And I was like, no. Not here, maybe for my house, but yeah. like not. Like, That's so funny, <laughs> right? I'll live with like some hand-me-down, but well, and you like your brand is very like fierce and bright, mm-hmm. um, and so I, the furniture I think really makes the space because it is like this old historic building, exactly. and now you have these really cool like. I don't know, metal, aluminum, like mm-hmm. bright yellow mm-hmm. fold-out chairs mm-hmm. that end up just just gives a totally different vibe to the whole. I think it's really important when you're thinking about brand in that sense of like everything you do is your brand. Totally. So that's why the door is what it is. That's why you walk up the staircase and there's like glitter. Okay, gl- there's glitter all over. The- Someone came in yesterday and they came in for a talk and their mouth was like hanging open. And I can say it's my neighbor. So she's heard me talk about this all the time and she's never been yeah. because like we like walk our dogs together. Yeah. And she's like, I didn't know it was like this. I'm going to be here all the time. I'm yeah. like, okay, we live next door to one another. You right. don't have to be here all the time. But thank you for... The atmosphere is huge. Yes. Yeah. I do sage the place every yeah. morning. You sage it? Every morning. That's awesome. I'm not. Well, I no want to commend you, too, because I think, like, so, so you know, the nitty-gritty, like, Fearless is... A social club for women. Yeah. But you but the programming and the conversations that you have are um I don't even know what the word is, like charging, forcing growth. Mm-hmm. Like there are hard conversations that happen in mm-hmm. your space. And it's a safe space to have those conversations. But I feel like people bring their opinions, like oh, strong yes. opinions, <laughs> like into the space. And I feel like as women, especially in the South, like there's a lot that we're trained to do in terms mm-hmm. of like smiling and being good and being nice mm-hmm. and listening and saying things like with the bless her heart kind of connotation. Mm-mm. And I feel mm-hmm. like it's a it's a really neat space. Like I would love for you to talk about some of your favorite speakers or yeah. events that you've had. But personally, I went to the one where, where Rachel Karkle mm-hmm. spoke. And it's like that's a charging topic. Like right. We're talking about white feminism. Y'all, like we're talking about like the gap within the gap mm-hmm. and how women of color feel mm-hmm. around white women, mm-hmm. which of course is going to make you squirm in your seat and feel uncomfortable because you can't see me, but I'm a white woman and Same. your heart breaks mm-hmm. when you, when you hear those things, but that's not what they need. They don't need your heart breaking. Mm-hmm. They need you to do something about mm-hmm. it. You know, maybe that's part of the process, but I feel like my whole point is like the conversations that happen there are real conversations. And yeah. so the atmosphere sage and all like is needs to be a safe space it does and i think that one of the things that i can commend the community for is bringing these topics to surface because like everything is crowdsourced i don't program except by saying like if i see something that might be really good if i need a teacher to i need to pull something out of a teacher Mm. in the sense of like hey you're doing a really cool thing can you come speak yeah we just had uh it was called walking in two worlds and a local woman who's a member of the lumbee tribe so she's a native american woman she talked about the idea of like being a native american woman and some of the terrible things that people have said as well as the amazing parts of it like someone actually said to her 
you can't be Indian. We killed all the Indians. Oh. Right? So, like, I squirmed. You squirmed. Like, you're probably squirming at home or in your car, wherever you're listening. And having these open conversations at the same time that the day prior we'll have a makeup class or we'll have, like, a plant 101 and that sort of yeah. thing is like what encompasses women. Yeah, we we have a like a film series coming up where we're starting with the rape of Reese Taylor. It's a black woman who was raped by, I think six. I'm not going to be exactly correct. We I hopefully you have show notes that you can add this yeah. to. Awesome. <laughs> we will. Um, several white men and nothing really happened from it. And it was this idea. Like no consequences. No consequences. And just. Watching that film and going through it myself and seeing it and hearing like Rosa Parks was not just this little old lady that was tired that wanted a seat on the bus and actually was this freedom fighter from a very young age and was a spy and like came into towns and did things and like looked at these civil rights violations and things that were happening and really tapping into it. And I think as a white woman, as a white woman who was brought up by white people and went to a a predominantly white school, my history is very whitewashed. Mm. And having the conversations, I know they're uncomfortable. I know it's hard. We've we've had enough people that have both tried to get me to tone police people and saying like women of color are being too mean and they should they should say as in like people that are in the space people in the space people in the group like they're making comments that they don't like and and that's not okay Mm. and at the same time I understand and recognize their discomfort because I've been there too like Mm -hmm. I'm still learning I have a lot to learn so in that sense like. Fearless, the name, is not, like, to proceed without fear. It's to, like, dig into those uncomfortable things. Mm-hmm. Like, Rachel's lecture that she had, and now she's, like, all over the place. I'm, like, so Just proud. Just on Red Tail Talk? Oh, my God. I'm so – she is, like, an account to follow. Yeah. And she does such hard, amazing work. Mm-hmm. And when she was there calling out this idea of white feminism, even in that moment, I was like, what? Elizabeth, Katie Stanton, what? Susan B. Anthony, they're racist? And – looking at it like I was that person and there's no shame in it it's just the change is what's important I was the person that was like oh it's MLK day let me put up this like pretty quote or it's this let me do this and that's something that we have to examine in ourselves and at the same time if you're not ready for that then go to the space that has that happening. And this isn't like go to go to fearless, but but join groups that have people that don't look like you. Yeah. And and then you're gonna learn. Mm-hmm. You're gonna you, like keep your mind open. So that's why we have like both an activism lens and a professional development lens. Like we have a estates um, wills and wine class coming up where nice. it's like how to plan your estate and right. it's a lawyer that does this. And I think the next night we have like clearing your chakras for spring, yeah. something like crazy like right. that. And it's, it's like that balance that makes up all of us. Yeah. And you're not just one type of person. Like as women, especially, we're so multifaceted. Totally. And what you were saying in that sense of like opinions are brought, I think we have been taught both as like the South, women, wherever you're from, to behave in a certain way, mm-hmm. to look a certain way, to mm-hmm. take up a small amount of space. 
And this idea of like being okay with being multifaceted, being okay with, hey, you know what? I really care about makeup. I also really care about the dismantling of the patriarchy and white supremacy. (laughs) And that's cool. And I can do both. And you can do both. There's no problem with that. You can do it while you're adjusting your lip liner. It's awesome. It's fine. Yeah. It's that accepting that you are both. It's that understanding that you are both that I think that people have a hard time with everywhere. So it's what we're trying to quietly but not so quietly do with Fearless. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, I grew up here and Mm -hmm. I have um, great friends that I've been friends with since we were like 12 years old Mm -hmm. here. And we're all really different. Mm -hmm. You know, as we've kind of grown into adulthood, we're all really, really different. And specifically around like certain times in our recent history, like the election and things like that, we were, I am like a challenger like mm-hmm. I'm cool with like bringing stuff like that up mm-hmm. the way I do it is maybe not as welcoming <laughs> as this, some of them like but to me it's like we should be able I I've known you guys since we were 12 we should be able to sit down and talk about why you think the way you think mm-hmm. and why I think the way I think and mm-hmm. we should all be able to respect that and take something away from it because I think even people that are like on the opposite side of the spectrum like you can learn something from them mm-hmm. it might be like I learned that A, that exists, and B, I don't want to be that. But Mm -hmm. whatever. Like, you can always learn. And I think just human respect, like, listening to where other people come from. Well, that's the problem, though, that you just said. Like, people don't – people think that they're right, and Mm -hmm. they think they've known it, and they've learned it, and Mm -hmm. they don't want to listen. And listening is a choice. Like, here's where where EE and Fearless intertwine because we teach listening skills. We teach the idea of saying, yes, you think this, and I think this. Versus, yes, you think this, but I think this. Right. Like, that difference there is... The yes it, and. It, yep. That's it's on, that improv. It's on my it's arm. On your, I was going to say, where's your tat? It's Bring tattooed. It and it's that idea of when you say but, you've shut off everything they're saying. You've elevated your own right. opinion. And when you say, like, these people you've known since you were 12... Well, when you bring up uncomfortable topics, especially to people who are used to believing one way... Mm-hmm they're going to get uncomfortable and they either they have to choose to push through that discomfort. You can't change how someone thinks or mm-hmm. communicates. You can only change how you respond to it. So in that sense of like talking the talk and walking the walk and like questioning people and actually getting out there and and saying like, "Hey, why do you think like this?" A lot of times people are like, "Well, I just do." Yeah. And they don't know how to explain it. Right. I mean, it's I not was polite. brought up that way. I read a book. I don't know. Yeah. It's not polite to ask why people think the way they do. Right. So. <laughs> Rose people. Well, I want to commend you for doing that. I think it's, well, it's insanely needed. Um, and I always take away something really, like, impactful when I come. So, I like, I love that you're, like, I'm willing to put my foot in the fire like let's see what I'm this so, looks like yeah I'm so easy to book classes with too like people people are like oh my god how did you find this person da, da, da. I'm like all I ask them to do is email me yeah like that's it yeah like I don't chase people down right I just say like hey email me and we had a trans education night it, a lot of these are in our Instagram stories so right. people that are listening and are where like, can they follow you they can follow on fearless ws on Instagram which is probably the best place to look at all of this stuff because yeah. we, we post for people at home a lot yeah and in that sense though it's not like you've learned everything and and I know you don't think that but for people listening like if you watch say the the Rachel Cargill lecture that she did like we have bits of it and and takeaway points the walking in two worlds you're not going to leave understanding everything about black women and black culture you're not going to leave understanding everything about Native American culture you should leave 
asking more questions. Right. You Opening should. your eyes at exactly. least. Exactly. Yeah. Because I was blown away by, I mean, I say I sage things. I asked her, I'm like, is it okay that I sage? Like, because like, that's not, like, white girls appropriating sage all the time. <laughs> MBD, right? Oh, my gosh. I feel foolish for not even, like, making that connection. No, no. Yeah. It's, I, I've been What's questioning she everything. She said, as long as you move forward with good in your heart and your own intentions, it's for everyone. Ritual is for everyone. Ceremony cool. is for everyone. The problem comes in if you go up to her and you say, hey, teach me your ritual so I can do it as my own. Mm. So if I go up to, uh, her name was Charlene, or is Charlene, I should say, and she's amazing. And I was, if I were to ask her, like, hey, I really want to do your sage ritual every day in here. Teach it to me so I can then there's the problem. Takes it away from her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There were some yoga studios that actually asked her to do that. Like, hey, teach us this so we can use it. And it's like, you're not a member of the Lumbee tribe. You're not mm-hmm. Native American. You're a white girl that's benefiting off of this. Right. And, and it's, it's acknowledging that there's not a, it's not a shame. It's like, you know what? Yeah. That, that is true. So I'm going to do it in my way. So like the sage, right. I have my own, like I walk around with it. I'm like laughing and like yeah. doing whatever. And, and I'm not going. Tough conversation at this table last night. Extra. I'm, extra. I'm not joking. Like I, if it's a hard night, this whole week we've been focusing on um, NIDA. So it's the National Eating Disorder Awareness Week. So there's been a lot of hard conversations and I'm not lying. My sage kept burning and I didn't know what it meant. It was like smoke everywhere. The place was full of smoke. Normally it burns out. And I'm like, I don't know what's going on, but it's okay. Like it just needs to keep on burning. And then I heard a thump, and the sage fell off because it burnt so much. It was a full sage. Like, and it fell off, fell to the floor. The floor is smoking. And I'm, like, in this space by myself because no one was in yet. I'm laughing but also terrified. What kind of spirit is in here right, right? now? <laughs> and, and if you buy into the woo, like I totally buy into the woo, but I also buy into the fact that sage makes me feel better and it makes sure. makes the space just feel lighter. Yeah. That like when you have like heavy stuff going on in your life, like it leaves a mark. It mm. leaves something. So mm-hmm. if you if you think about it, like women unloading in a safe space that they can, like, oh, sage every two minutes in that space. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I appreciate my friends that buy into the woo. I have a hard time buying into the woo. Mm-hmm. It's just, I don't know. I'm challenging myself to, like, you know, not be so uh, – realist you pessimist you, like you know what I mean like I'm yeah you don't have to buy into the woo yeah but I'll if, let you sage all day yeah, yeah I love it but. like and that's that's what makes it special I think if you're not judging someone else like that's what makes you you and that's why I like you so much because you're like you do you I'm gonna do me yeah. this is not me <laughs> I'll buy you some sage but yeah. I'm not gonna totally do it. I will gift that <laughs> all day long so this season is is about failure, um, and I feel like I'm, like, just so stoked for all the content that was just, like, thrown out there. I feel like we could have, like, 15 different podcasts on each of those subjects. Um, but I kind of want to ask you a few, like, we're going to go there in the, in the transition. Is there anything that you wish you had known or done differently? <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. do, you, do we even need a list? Um, and then... Secondly, and I'll remind you if, if we kind of like segue, but with opening up the space to all of that, mm-hmm. I'm sure there has been a like a fall on your face moment. Oh, yeah. You know, where you're like, 
it's kind of twofold. It's like I want these organic conversations to happen and whatever mm-hmm. comes out comes out. Mm-hmm. But also like protecting the space in terms of I mean, it's still a business. Absolutely. You know? And so there's insurance and mm-hmm. reviews and all those things that we need to worry about kind of in our world. Um so start with kind of the transition, and then um, I'd love to hear, like, as you've opened it up to some really hard, scary stuff, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. is there anything that you've really learned from from our favorite F word? Absolutely. Failure. I love failure. I'm, like, my improv background is so, like, follow the fear, follow the failure sort of thing. You, you seek to fail in yeah. the end. So for me, failure has a very different definition than a lot of people. I think we connote it with negative all the time. And if you learn something, it's not truly a failure. Because yeah. if you think about, like, what's failure, you have to understand what success is for you. And a lot of people are like, oh, I failed, or oh, I fucked up, or oh, this happened. And they didn't really. They just made a mistake. Mm. And so the fall on my face moment, though, I have definitely had so many of those running a business. I can say, again, I was very lucky that I did something else, another business, for so many years because I didn't make the same mistakes. <laughs> I made new ones. You did learn. You I, did learn from I did it. learn. Yeah. I made lots of new ones. Um, I mentioned that I had collaborators in the beginning, and I think that was my, my first big like, follow my face, oh, man, this was not a good choice because I I love both of the women that I was collaborating with. I was scared that I needed someone else, mm. and I wasn't recognizing that I could do this. Mm. And it wasn't a sense of, like, oh, my gosh, like, I can do this all myself because I can't. It is all the women that are in Fearless that are doing this. In the beginning, though, when you're really getting down to mission and focus and, like, the business model and all of that. You do not need too many cooks in the kitchen. Yeah. That is, it was, both of them ended very explosively. And and one of them, we don't talk anymore. And then the other, we just started talking again. So, and this was months of not talking. And it was, it was really, in the end, it was like, I knew in my head and my heart what I wanted this to be. And I was so scared to do it myself. I was so insecure that I couldn't handle something like this. Hmm. So I brought on people that I was like, oh, okay, your job is going to be like the businessy side of things. And not like running the business, but like getting business programming. And your job is going to be the more activism side of things. Like, and I'm thinking, oh, I'm in the middle of all this. Of course, this sounds amazing. And the my my businessy friend was very like let's franchise let's get sponsors let's get this and even now when we talk she's like oh you're sustainable how are you sustainable do you have a lot of rich old ladies and i'm like no i have like people giving a dollar a month and that's how we become sustainable but her focus was so on like making money on this which not to fault her because it's a business right of course you want to make money on it but it wasn't your vision that wasn't my vision because i love ee so i don't need to make money on this and then on the activism side when someone eats breathes sleeps activism they don't think that it's okay for women to have those not that they don't think it's okay they don't want it to happen in the same space of women having like makeup classes or frilly calligraphy classes or like uh we have we have a group called like the healing butterfly and i could just imagine if she was still involved like her head would explode and there would be brain matter everywhere (laughs) and and but but stuff like that like like i was saying that is it's no better or worse. Like you, right. you are you are who you are, and if you care about makeup, that's okay. And right. if you don't, that's also okay. Like you make your choices, and, and you're taking the risk. 
Yes. I think it's really important for people, for anyone that's involved in a collaborative effort or anyone, like even with She-Wolf, we have founding members Mm -hmm. and I have really great advisors that are constantly reminding me, Mm -hmm. but Jordan, you're the one that's taking the risk. Mm -hmm. If everything blows up, Mm -hmm. this is on you. They get to continue to do what they've always done. Exactly. And you are going to be picking up the pieces. And I was always the financial person on it. I was always the person on the insurance, the lease and all of that, even, even when I brought them on and- it was like that is so like it's you yeah. if, if if that's you and it's it gets your ass. <laughs> oh it gets so messy yeah and picking up the pieces from that was like i still hear about from people in town they're like oh is that and so involved anymore oh good cuz i didn't want to do it when they were and i was like what is going on in my life right now oh interesting and it's like and you didn't see that nope. before nope right and and then on that same note it's like there are moments that I wish that they were because I right. and and not for any other reason aside from I'm like, man, I really have a question about this. And I know they know the answer. Either one of those women. Yeah. And in the end, it's like I that was a moment where I made decisions out of fear mm. and out of a place of insecurity. And mm. those never go well. They never, ever go well. Oh, they are always home for me right now. Right. And, yeah. and it's like how many times have you made a choice and you did it because you were scared or nervous of your own abilities of your right. own ca- capabilities right. of, of and it's like they never go well not yeah. one if you make decisions out of a place of terror it will be a bad decision yeah and not 100%. to like Marie Kondo it but like <laughs> does it bring you Clean joy it does it bring you joy yeah. and, and if you're making places decisions from joy and happiness they're gonna turn out better yeah that was that was that's not, huge. <laughs> even even when you're creating teams, mm-hmm. you know, I think, and I think as women, it's I, th- I feel like it's harder for us. I feel like our meetings. This is so fascinating. Okay, so we I have recently had a meeting with. Um, I have a couple advisors, and they're all men. Mm-hmm. I feel like I like have a. Like, if we're going to get woo-woo, like, with the energy, I, I definitely have a higher masculine energy. You do. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> duh. So I appreciate, like, my male I, – I am passionate about uh, women, mm-hmm. obviously. Mm-hmm. My business is She-Wolf. But for me, personally, my balance is to have male advisors. Mm-hmm. I have some female advisors, too. But, like, the business side, like, my consultants and my CFO and my business development people, like, they are men. Mm-hmm. And I had them all in the room at one point to introduce because some of them work with me on my other business brand boss, which I'm, mm-hmm. I don't know if you have crossover for EE, but I do. Um, and so they know me from from that how I handle business there. And so I was introducing like a new program, and I wanted all of their input mm-hmm. um, on the She Wolf side. So we've got, um, and I'll I'll tell you there because they're amazing. Gary Fly from Performance CXO is like literally my sanity all day every day. Um, <laughs> I love that, man. John Preston, who, um, from EQL Advisors, who is, like, he, he's, he's, like, his quote for me is, like, yeah, a lot of people in my, have called me a son of a bitch. Like, and I'm, like, (laughs) I I think we're on the same page. It's all right. You know, like, I, he's, like, really honest, and I love that. And then Stefano Rosick, who is from Centerpoint CFO, who's, like, teaching me all the things that I should know, like rolling projection and like just the, like, let's get in. And he challenges me, you mm-hmm, know, like I just mm-hmm. went to Bali. He's like, really, really? <laughs> let's look at your books. You're going to Bali, you know? Like, I'm like, well, it's already paid for. Like, I'm going. So we like 
playfully argue about how I spend my money a lot. Um, but anyway, all three of them are in the room and we're talking about um, the minimum viable product for She-Wolf. Mm-hmm. And I'm like sitting back like a fly on the wall as they're all communicating in ways that women would never communicate in a meeting. Mm-hmm. And, you know, one of them is saying, I don't think that's going to work. Like, just flat out, no. Mm-hmm. Another one is saying, you're wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's it's like a heated, but they're not mad at each other. Mm-hmm. But it was like a heated, blunt conversation. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the day, they all shake hands, they grab another cup of coffee, and they leave the room. And I was laughing, and I was telling them. I was like, listen, we start our meetings, like, even, like, and Gary, who's on a lot of the She-Wolf meetings, will laugh because he's like, I, the more I work with you guys, the more I see it, and it's hilarious. But, like, we'll start a video meeting, and the first thing we say is, like, a compliment. It's mm-hmm. like we're so trained. And I'll be like, oh, Sierra, your eyebrows are looking great. Like, that's how we, like, start the meeting. <laughs> and Gary's like, really? Like, I just, like, men just don't do that, mm-hmm. you know? Um, but it is, like, everything you just said is hitting home in the sense that – when we just we're just trained as women to like communicate and have harder conversations in a different way, mm-hmm. and the the risk piece and the vision piece, just all of that looks a little muddier, I mm-hmm. think, because we're so conscious of how the other person feels the whole time we're mm-hmm. giving our two cents. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm just um I I just wrote a book for professionals and I'm I'm working on another one that really taps into like how tell us the name of the book. Oh, the first one is tip. <laughs> the first one is tips and tricks uh, for impromptu speaking or thinking. I, I'm so bad with the title McGraw Hill. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I will get it right by the time it's out. I promise I'm you. I'm sure it's changed several times. So. It has, yeah. and they <laughs> pitched it to me. It's very interesting. Like it's yeah. the most backwards publishing. Like I explain it to people, and they're like, "What?" Yeah. You wrote it in what? They but asked it's awesome. you what? I'm super excited. It. But it's um, uh, thinking on your feet, tips and tricks for impromptu communication skills on the job. Awesome. So that one is very business-based. Cool. Fantastic. I have an awesome literary agent now, Waronica. I love her so much. She is like my hero, and I feel like I've been so mean to her when I was writing. I'm like, I'm writing right now. I can't think of anything new. <laughs> but now I'm done writing, so I've been thinking of this new one, and it's all about that, this idea of like how women take up space, yeah. how women communicate, how we coexist with one another. And what you just said in that sense of where we we spend so much time qualifying things and like putting that fluff on one side of it because we're scared of the other side of it. Right. We're scared of, and I I do think it's a place of fear. Like that's why when we say no to someone, we're like, oh my gosh, I really wish I could do this. I'm so busy right now. I can't. And Instead of no, that doesn't work for me. Just say no. Like it's it's no. But we're worried about the feeling that will happen. We're worried about the what next. So we, a lot of times we don't even do it. And and that talking, like being a fly on the wall, watching a, a group of men discuss your idea, like I couldn't even imagine. I loved it. If I know. <laughs> I like want to use a group like that to be like, oh, here's my next idea for Fearless. What do you think? And just watch them like duke it. it out. I'll introduce you to all of them. Lord, I <laughs> that would be insane. And I think that's why so often we seek as women like a group that like complements us in whatever way possible. And sometimes it's like, it's better just to do it and then get the feedback versus go, okay, well, I have this kind of idea and I'm kind of thinking about this and it might be this. And you're you're already like throwing that doubt into it. Mm -hmm. And women, I think we're we're working on finding that that place for all of us. 
and like there's still the caddy, there's still the competitive, there's still like like all of that garbage that's going. It's always into. gonna be there. It's well, like it's rooted out of our own insecurity. I know, and it's also society. Like yeah. th- there's so much like that we're getting in every day to train us, so mm-hmm. to speak, mm-hmm. to behave like this. And it's that idea of like finding your actual space in this. And and like you said, I don't know many women that would admit that their energy is masculine. Oh. I, I, you are one of the first. Really? That I've, well, yeah. Huh. Duh. I mean. <laughs> <laughs> I'm an anomaly. <laughs> because I'm, I'm really assertive and I'm really, but I wouldn't say that my energy is masculine. But the more I think about it, I'm like, well, it kind of is. Because yeah. I don't like compliments at the beginning of meetings. I'm like, we're here to meet. Yeah. Like, I have this much time. Yeah. Let's meet. Yeah. And I'm busy. I don't have time to Are be you, nice. Have you done the disc assessment? Everyone. Wait, is that the one that tells me my strengths or? No, that's strengths finder. There's so many different ones. But the disc assessment like is like pretty strictly related to how you work. But the D is like a high doer. Like okay. like get it done. And I'm like a high D. And so I'm, I'll be in meetings like we'll talk about mm-hmm. a proposal and I'm like emailing that person mm-hmm, right there. Mm-hmm. And they're like, do you want to think about how we want to phrase it? I'm like, no, mm-hmm. I'm just going to. Mm-hmm. Just gonna mm-hmm. send it off. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm an activator with my like that's like my highest. Okay. So this sounds very similar. Yeah. In that sense. I think we probably are. I think we we might have like a few letters off, but mm-hmm. I think we're probably pretty similar mm-hmm. in terms of like Myers Briggs and all that jazz. And I think like when I was like g- going back to that failure point, like when I was opening fearless, I was like coming out of really bad depression. I was working through still this transition of like living in a new place that wasn't New York, managing a team from afar. Yeah. Like not knowing what I was going to do with my life next. It was very much like, ah, I'm like doing this thing, but do I want to keep doing this thing? And that place of insecurity where I was at, like discovering who I was and how I fit in, I definitely like, like, made choices at that time that were not the best okay to say the least yeah in a lot of ways now i'm the women in fearless joke because they're like you fail very publicly and i was like thank you i love that question mark yeah yeah but is that a compliment in that moment uh maybe not for it depends on who it's coming from it probably just looks different like they feel like they would not do it Mm -hmm. you -hmm. know i'm fine with it i'm fine with it too i'm like happy to tell you like, yeah oh how I feel I have made so many expensive mistakes I've made so yeah. many like yeah like working with people giving people a lot of trust I think is is hard are you for a me. quick oh okay so hard. I'm the opposite are, do you trust right away yeah yeah I think I've been burnt too many times to do that I don't know why I have been burnt but I just I, I am like I give people a little bit and then I watch and then I give people a little bit and That's I good. watch but, and then I, I like, then I'm like, oh, okay, here's everything. Like once I get past a certain right. thing and then here's everything. And then it explodes. Like I just let someone go in New York basically and it, for EE and she'd been with us for three years. And Ugh. on my, my own fault and my own fail moment was she had been doing things in a way that I was unhappy with for a while, mm. but she was a really good teacher. So I overlooked. And I think as women, we do that, too. We're yeah. like, oh, it's okay that they don't see their emails or anything else that I asked them to do that's part of the job. They're really good at this. So and it's the boundaries and expectations mm-hmm, piece. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. And when it came to head with the two of us, I was like, well, you haven't done this, 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 and that. And I'm sitting here going, why? Like, I've told her this, but I haven't been this up front. Yeah. Because I've always been like, oh, it's okay. She's a great teacher. Right. She's a great teacher. 
And then her argument was, oh, it doesn't matter that I'm not doing A, B, and C. I'm doing X, Y, and Z. Mm. And it's like, no, 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 I need you to do this. Mm-hmm. This is more important. Mm-hmm. And this, this, like, I let it go on for so long because I was making this excuse for her in the sense of, like, oh, but, but it's a good teacher. So that's on me. That is, like... I've done that in that sense of like, oh, well, I, you're good enough and, and you're good and I trust you. It's okay. You don't do this. Right. But in the end, that is what I really need. That yeah. I'll start resent, getting resentful and getting angry totally. and getting irritated that it's not done in the way that 13 other people can do it. So why are you special that you can't do it this way? Right. Ugh. It is. It's tough. I mean, yeah. Oh, my God, all of that. It's. I feel like we need to have, like, a sidebar because I feel like all of this is in relation to just how She-Wolf is growing mm-hmm, and building right mm-hmm. now in this moment. Mm-hmm. Um, and it is, like, a really weird – I think as women, too, we, are we like, network out and down, you mm-hmm, know? And mm-hmm, so we're, like, friends with the people that work with us, mm-hmm. um, either before or after. Mm-hmm. Like, it just always happens. And so it, be- it becomes, like, an interesting dynamic mm-hmm. in terms of, like – but I'm still yes. the one taking the risk, and yes. I still need you to, like, kind of heed what I'm putting yes. out. And my name is still on your paycheck. Yeah. And that's, like, the heart. Like, I'm friendly now with people that, like, Fearless is different because no one works for me. So it's yeah. just women that are in this space. Right. But but you are giving them a lot of privilege. And, right. Yeah. If, they're, if they're teaching, they are getting paid. So a lot of the teachers, if they charge for their class, they get a percentage of it. We're up to 70, 30. I hope to be at 90, 10 by the summer. So they're, like, getting – so there are, like, like boundaries there yeah. in a certain way. Right. Women that come into the space for things, I've become friends with a few of them. I I still feel it takes me a while. Like, they, they could come in every day, and I'm like, hey, what's up? And I would never get coffee with them or right. hang out with them because of being burnt in that way, of being right. too friendly. Yeah. I was coaching a woman. Well, I almost got into this coaching. I, I d- fully believe in, here's another fail, taking clients on that you know you shouldn't take on. And you're like, ooh, this is not a good client. This is You gonna, can already tell. Like, ooh, red flag, red flag, red ooh. flag. And finally, I, I, like, listened to that. This past one, she, like, called me. She told me that she didn't want an employee to quit. She asked me to call that employee and ask her not to quit. She said it's like a divorce. I don't want her to leave. And I was like, oh, my God, this is so toxic. I'm not going to tell someone to stand toxic. Yeah. So she, like, gave me this woman's phone number. And mind you, there's no contract between the two of us. I'm not getting paid. And I'm like, can I have her email? Because I don't want to just call her. It's yeah. awkward. Fine, whatever. She gives me her email. She gives it to me incorrectly. So she texts me the right one. And I was like, okay, thanks. My mistake responding to the text. Shouldn't have. Should have just sent the email. Because then within the next, like, 36 hours, I got something like 12 or 13 text messages and six phone calls asking how it was going. So I talked to the woman in your face right now. <laughs> we live in that world where people just, the no boundaries. Oh, my gosh. Your work is not your family. I cannot tell you enough. Do not call your employees family. Do not call your coworkers family. It is so toxic and so manipulative. And I'm talking to this woman. She's like, I just want to go back to school. And I'm like, you have to be upfront with her. Just tell her. Wow, you're like a counselor. I am. That's like part of my job, and I hate it, and I yeah. love it. Yeah. I hate it. You're like, I want this to work out for everyone. But, yeah, what a weird position. Right? So my job in that that aspect is to, like, give her the tools communication-wise to do this. Okay. So I'm, like, we are working on, like, the language that she can use and things like that. 
And then I get more text messages from this other woman. And I'm like, I cannot take this client on. And I know she's texting me and calling me because she wants to work with me because I know our reputation. I right. know I, I know that we're good at this. And I'm like, I don't have the patience Not to do fit. this because previously, like two months previous, I had a client who I stupidly did not charge up front. I did a bunch of work for. Halfway through, she's like, oh, I don't like the product, so I'm done. And I'm out many, many hours. I send her an invoice, and she's like, oh, you didn't do what I wanted you to do, so I'm not paying for it. You wasted my time. Oh, wow. So now I cut it off at the pass. Yeah. I'm like, nope. I, we deal with that in branding. Ugh. Even if they've paid. Like, we have a client who's trying to dispute the charge mm-hmm. for their deposit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's... I think it's because people, like, when you hire a lawyer, you know that you are paying mm-hmm. for every cent. Mm-hmm. Every, every cent. You're paying, you're paying for every second. I got like it. Like, you're paying for yeah. every minute. Yeah. So it's like, it's an expectation. Mm-hmm. And I think with, like, what, what you do and with branding, mm-hmm. it is so, we are committed to doing what's best for you. Yes. You may not see that or agree with that. Yes. And the value you have to respect our, the value of what we do mm-hmm. for it to be a good fit. It's just not going to work out. And it's interesting. I don't know if you get this, but, like, my family, my mom will be like, so you're going to say no to that money? Mm-hmm. I don't mm-hmm. understand. Why would you say no to a client? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, because long term it's not going to work mm-hmm. because they don't understand the value in what we're doing. And it's we're, it's going to be 25 renditions of their, you know, the same logo mm-hmm. later. Mm-hmm. And they're not going to want to pay for that. And I'm not going to be proud of the work that we did. And I know it's not going to work for their target market. Mm-hmm. And it's just not it's just not a good fit. And see, that's something that I think new business owners or business owners need to be told. It's okay to say no. Totally. It's totally okay. And and there's, like, you want to learn from failure? I, how many times did you not get paid? How many times did you have to deal with someone that was upset? How many times did you put something out there that is bad work right. that you're not proud of? And on both sides, branding, communication skills. Yeah. And it's like, this isn't a good fit. You want something I know I can't provide. Right. I know I'm not going to do it in the best way possible. Right. And the faster you learn that, the faster you make that mistake and get burnt from it and bounce back in whatever yeah. way that you're going to do it, the better off you're going to be. Right. So I think a lot of people would consider that a, a, a fail in that sense. Right. And but maybe so stop good. doing it. Hopefully. You know, it's like if that's... If you know it's not – well, the problem when you continue to take jobs like that mm-hmm. is that they're going to refer more jobs like that. Mm-hmm. And that's going to be in your portfolio. And more you're going to attract more and more and more like that because you've already done it. So it is. It is totally challenging. And there are moments, you know, where, like, the di- the cash flow is dipping mm-hmm. and you feel like you got to take it. and But it doesn't make space for the things that you really want to be doing. Mm-hmm. So I it's mean- a hard – it's our balance. I'm sure you have clients that you're like, I don't really want to do a job like this, but I know I'm good at it. Oh, yeah. So I'm going to do it. Yeah. I and have like a handful of people that I will do because I because they mm-hmm. appreciate my value. Mm-hmm. So then I will do it. Mm-hmm. Like I have one client. I, I love this guy. He's, he's awesome. He's in Florida and he owns a vacation rental business. And he'll just like I'm in the circle of trust, mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. with him is like a big deal. So he'll just call me and say... You know, I've got this web developer who's like building out this huge site, and I don't, I just don't know. And I want you on the call, and he'll pay me for my time, yep. but he trusts me. And so, like, I don't do that for anybody, mm-hmm. you know, but mm-hmm. I will do it for him because he understands the value. He trusts me, he respects me. Mm-hmm. And so, I'm happy to, like, yeah, I can listen to this other company and tell you if they're full of shit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, happy to do it. I was <laughs> the chief Mayday officer for a blockchain cryptocurrency company because of that. 
Wow. he would be like, I need you to look over something. I need you to do th- this. I need Chief you to do Mayday that. Chief officer. I kind of love that. I, I would Is that an official title? I would never do that again for uh, anyone I else. I want, a, I want a chief mayday officer. That's exactly what it was. Like, like exactly what you're picturing of, like, I have a moment of panic and I need help. Like the oh shit. Yes. All, all day long. The amount of emails and communication and web and just, like, I need to fire this person. How do I do this? I don't want to work with this contractor anymore. How do I do this? And I did it for him. I would never put that on my website that I do that. I would never, like, I'm scared saying this out loud. I would never do this. No one hire me for that. I'll never do it. <laughs> it's, it's. You're going to be like 55 requests. No, no. <laughs> it's, it's a, it, there are things, though, that you have to make concessions on both ways. And I think that what happens with some people, they, like, say, oh, I'm going to charge a deposit. And I'm going to charge it before I start doing work. Mm. And then people balk at it and they don't want to do it. So then they stop doing it. And it's like, no, no. If you make a choice, do that choice. Right. Like, what's the alternative? Like, using the deposit situation, you don't get paid anything. Right. And you waste your time. And your time is not free. Yeah. Yeah. Damn. Learn it now. Mic drop. Boom. (laughs) Can we get a sound effect (laughs) for a mic drop? <laughs> I'll make my own. <laughs> oh my god, I freaking love you, Jen. I'm so jazzed to have you. I like. Oh my gosh, I feel like we need to do. We'll do another one. I'm in. We'll do another I'm one. In. There's so many juicy things. I like talk uh, in that sense of like, like I love that you're focusing on failure because I think like a lot of people are being like, oh my god, I'm focusing on failure. I'm focusing on this. Da, da, da. But to to really like be vulnerable and admit when you've made mistakes and things and having people do that too, yeah. I think that's what. That's what does it, not the fail, fail freely. It's like, no, no, here's an actual mistake that someone made. That you can learn from. And that you might make too, or you might see a part of it. Yeah. As opposed to being like, go out there and fail. It's like, no, 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 here's a failure. Here's here's why it's a failure. Right. And here's how not to do it. Yeah. It's one of my biggest foundational elements, I feel like, for the she-wolf community is like, and we're going to be wise about it, right? Like everybody signs an NDA, Mm -hmm. you know, and you hop in Mm -hmm. there and you talk about, hey, like I had a financial goal for January, didn't hit it. Mm -hmm. I'm going to tell you about it. And I can do that because it's a safe space. And I want you to do that too. Because Mm -hmm. how cool would it be if you learned from my mistake, Mm -hmm. you know, with said deposit Mm -hmm. or, you know, or said red flag that I didn't heed, you know, if you learn that because I already failed, like, Hell yeah, I want you mm-hmm. to avoid that landmine, you know? Think about it like driving. Like, you see someone driving in front of you, and they hit a pothole, or they hit something on the street. Right, and like, you swerve. Right. So why not do that in everything? Like, I love that. Why are you going to hit the same pothole that you just watch someone go like, <laughs> like Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Hubcap goes flying. That's clearly, like, the sound effect of the day. <laughs> But, but you swerve. Yeah. And and so we spend so much time, especially as women, looking so pulled together and being so pulled together and being right. like, oh, my gosh, everything's amazing. Isn't it amazing? This is great. It's fine. It's fine. Right. And or you fall. Like, who saw that? Nobody saw that? Right. <laughs> and and how much how much farther would we all go if we were just learning from one another versus totally. just trying to put on this front? Yeah. Well, I love it. That's what She-Wolf and Fearless are all about. Tell everyone where they can check you out. I know you said Fearless. WS on, on Instagram. Instagram. Then we have a private Facebook group. You must answer the questions to get in the private Facebook group. So many people are like, I requested permission. I'm like, you didn't answer any of the questions. It's pretty simple. Like, don't be an asshole is one of the questions. 
<laughs> just agree to that. It's fine. Um, that's a good place. The website is Fearless WSNC. And then the Engaging Educator is very easily found on Google. So you can find me anywhere. Awesome. Thank you so much, Jen. Thank you. So much love for you, my friend. I'm so happy with what you're doing with women. Kick ass. Right back at you. Take care. Peace. Thank you so much for listening. Thanks for hanging out with us. If you loved this podcast, if you loved the real talk that you're getting, then you will absolutely want to check out SheWolf Collaborative. You can find it at SheWolf.co. That's S-H-E-W-O-L-F dot C-O. And you can learn more about this ecosystem of women in business that are go-getters. They have grit, they have gumption, and they are giving back to one another. And we're growing together. It's a lot of G's, a lot of alliteration, but we like it because we're in branding. So check out SheWolf Collaborative. You can also find us on Pinterest and Instagram and Facebook and LinkedIn and Twitter at SheWolf Collaborative.